0: I've gone really old school tonight, um, I had an epic fail of the printer. So instead of having two sheets of printed paper, I now have 13 scribbled pages. So if I start staring at the pages looking lost, I probably am lost. So just bear with me, but listening to the worship, um, it's so easy to think, we're speaking on salt and light tonight, and it's so easy to say, well, salt and light, heard that one before, heard about David and Goliath before, heard all these stories before. They're not just stories, you I mean they're facts, they're evidence, they're they're the mystery of God. And I think what I want to remind us tonight before we start is the mystery of God. God is and always will be mysterious. God, who created the heavens and the earth, came down from heaven and walked among us and kissed us, even though we were sinful, he gave his life for us, and is continually walking with us. So that's why I want to emphasize tonight whatever you take away from here, Salt and Light, if you listen to that message, whatever you take away from here, God is and always will be mysterious. And he loves you with unfailing an love. And I was thinking, God is so mysterious, and yet you have the angels in heaven who are constantly in worship of God, constantly worshiping, constantly seeing what's going on throughout generations and years, millennia, millennium. You've seen it all. They've seen everything, and yet they still can't get their heads around it. One of my best verses in scripture is 1 Peter 12, verse 6. And it says that the gospel being proclaimed by the Holy Spirit and the angels stand in awe as they eagerly, eagerly await these events. Even the angels are going, what is going on? How is God so loving? How does he even, how are they getting away with that? They're sinful, they're fallen. How does he love them so much? And then we have the, um, the hell song song as well, which is more recent, King of Kings. I'm not going to sing it for you, so I'm sorry. But it says, and the morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath. Till that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death, and the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe, for the souls of all who came to the Father are restored. Why are the angels still standing there going, Hi, hi? You've seen everything by now. You've seen Moses split the sea through the power of God, you've seen God create the heavens and the earth, you've seen everything. How are you not understanding that God is and always be, will be mysterious? And I think sometimes we can come to meetings like this and we think it's just another story. It's not another story. Whatever happens tonight, let God speak to your heart. Open your heart, be receptive to the Holy Spirit as he speaks tonight. So before we start, let us emphasize that God's in control. It's not me here tonight, it's God. God's placed me here. I don't know why he's placed me here. I think he's got a sense of humor. But I'm here. Whatever you hear tonight, remember that God is mysterious and that he loves you. So let's pray. Father, I love you so much. We love you so much. We're here for you. Lord, this is not just a club. This is not just a gathering. This is a gathering in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Redeemer. The one who was born in a manger, walked among us, gave his life for us, tempted in every way that we were tempted, fully God, fully man. And who on the third day took that breath, took that breath again and conquered hell, death and the grave? Lord, what more can we say apart from we love you? We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your loving kindness, but we thank you, Lord, for being our God. Amen. As I said, I am skipping through the pages, so it's about 13 pages, only 56 to go. So we're reading from Matthew 5, chapter 5 tonight, verses 13 to 16, which is salt and light. Verse 13 says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underground under people's feet. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. So salt, what comes to mind when you think of Salt. Probably the first thing that came to my mind was the small sachets from McDonald's, the little sachets that you got. not really salt, are they? doesn't really do anything apart from make a mess. Or when you go to a fish and chip shop, when the, the lady or the person behind the counter says to you, do you want some salt in your chips? I always ask for loads of salt. But that's not the salt that Christ is speaking about. Christ is talking about another salt. So when he was walking on his earthly ministry, the salt he was describing was the salt that the Roman soldiers would have used. It was so expensive, it was so sought after. It was actually used as currency sometimes, it was called white gold. And that's how sometimes the, um, the Roman centurions would have been paid, with salt. Um, so that's how expensive it was when, he was when he was talking about it. It also has healing properties. So it can be used as antibacterial and antiseptic properties, you can tell I wrote that down. It can be used for conditions such as eczema, acne, psoriasis, and the It helps your circulation. Have you ever thought, how are you getting into a bath? and you turn into a prune after about 30 minutes. But how come when you get into the sea, you don't turn into a prune? I never knew that, never thought about it until I read it. But basically, the salt stops your skin from dehydrating and it keeps the moisture within. Never knew that, but there you go. So it keeps. it's good for everything, it's good for circulation, it's good for you, and it's good to rub into the wounds. And obviously it brings the cleansing, the cleansing with it. But I think you get the idea. It also cleans irons, cleans chopping boards, cleans lots of stuff. But the list goes on. You get the idea. So when Jesus said we want to be salt, he didn't say I'm making you salt. He said you are the salt of the earth. He didn't say I'm making you salt. He didn't say it was a process. He said you are the salt of the earth. The salt he talks about is the gospel of salt that we carry. We're carrying the gospel of salt with us. So when we carry this gospel of salt into the world that is lost in darkness, when we come into contact with people, they should feel that cleansing property. They should feel their wounds, their tears, their snares, everything they've fallen over in that week. They should feel that ache. But with that ache, they should also feel healing as well, because it brings healing to their bodies. So it's the gospel that we should bring to them. Back in the Napoleonic times, jumping a little bit backwards, so when, I think it was... Anyway, one of the seafarers, one of the important admirals, he died at sea. That will come to me, and I'll probably remember it later on. He died at sea, and they had to bring him back here. They preserved him in salt. So salt was used as preservation of bodies. But this is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about finding someone lost in sin and preserving them in that sin and just patching them up and letting them go. We're talking about bringing the gospel to them, healing them, getting it deep into the wounds and letting it penetrate. It says in Psalm 147, Verse 3, he says, he binds up the brokenhearted and heals their wounds. But if we're salt and we're just kept on a shelf and we don't use our gifts, now salt is a gift, it's an expensive gift that Christ has given us. If we sit on the shelf and we're not used, what happens? It becomes stale, tasteless, useless. If you've ever tried, it, if you've ever tried salt that has no taste, it's disgusting. It really is not nice. And with that, we lose the power of our healing within us, the healing of God within us. And it says in the scripture, what is salt good for when it loses its taste? It's good for nothing, apart from being thrown out and trampled upon. There's another um, word in scripture that talks about being past your cell by date. Think about Revelation 3, verse 15. It says, I know your deeds. You're neither hot or cold. How I wish that you were one or the other but because you're lukewarm, I will spew you, spew you out of my mouth or vomit you out of my mouth. God's saying, get on, get on my side. You can't sit on the fence, there's no fence to sit on. Either follow me completely or you're not following me, you're in darkness. You don't carry the light that I've given you. It's a pretty strong challenge here. It's a challenge that Jesus has a way with in his ministry. It's pretty black and white, Jesus. There, there's no gray areas, so you're either with him or we were against him. I think that's something we have to ask ourselves. We can't, we can't be wishy-washy. We can't be a little bit here on Sunday and maybe somewhere else on the weekend or weekdays. We have to be fully committed to Christ. But think of it this way. Another story, sorry. My granddad, who's passed away, used to absolutely drown his food in salt. and I, It went from being a beautiful roast dinner to something that looked like a, a ski piece that just it didn't look anything like what it should have done. But he still ate it. But within himself, after he had it, what did he desire? What do you think? Drink. A thirst. It created a thirst in him, didn't it? So salt, when it's used properly, will create a thirst. And when people come into contact with us, with the gospel of healing, there should be a thirst for Christ. They should have a thirst saying, I want more of this. I want to know this Christ more. And that's what we should see in our lives. And if we're not seeing it, we should question ourselves. Why are we not seeing these things? Why are, we, why are people not looking at us? And why are they not catching what we think we're carrying? You know, there's a story as well where Jesus stands at the well in Samaria with this Samaritan woman. And he says to him, you can drink this well all day long. You're still going to be thirsty. But if you drink the water that I give to you, you'll be overflowing with eternal life. Flow Overflowing. You'll be literally brimming with eternal life. And that's what we should be today, brimming of this presence of almighty God in us. People should come into contact with us and either go, he's a complete God-botherer. But they should be agitated. They should feel God's presence. They should, be, they should be challenged where they are. And that's what we should be carrying, God's presence with us. Bring in healing, bring in life, bring in black and white, bring in light, taking out of darkness. And that's what we get with a life that's devoted to him. When you think about the water fountains or the fountains that are in the city center, sometimes they spray up water. Even if you're not close to it, you still get sprayed with the droplets sometimes. And that's how it should be when people come close to us. They should be getting sprayed with the droplets of the gospel. Well, that's salt for you. But one question I'd like to ask is, do people get soaked in the gospel of salt that you carry? I know sometimes they don't get caught carrying my salt. They don't. But there's another passage here, isn't there? Saying that you are the light of the world. Imagine, I'm going to tell you another story, okay? Sorry, but this is my Irish background. We tell each other stories all the time. But anyway, imagine, imagine the light's going out now, David. Can you imagine that? There we go. So it's getting dark, isn't it? The light's going going out, and if it was perfect, it'd be completely dark. But I'd probably fall off the stage. But anyway, you're out walking late at at night. You thought it'd be a good idea. Fitbit says you have to move, so you got out into the car and you move a little bit. Before you know it, it's got really dark, you got misplaced, you have no idea where you're going. So you think, okay, I got Siri on my phone, I'll ask Siri where I am, battery dies, you got no battery. So it's gone from being lost to having no communication to having no idea where you are. And it gets darker and darker and darker. And before you know it, you have no idea where you are. You could literally be standing anywhere and you trip over and you have no idea where you are. You're lost, what would you do? You have, no, you have no point of reference, what well, where would you go? So you could just sit where you are and just wait to daylight, but it will probably be 13 hours until it comes. You start to walk. You panic slightly because you think, oh, I have no idea where I'm going. And when I used to walk through the dark in, uh, in the Marines, because we used to have to do nav is I, have, I couldn't see a thing apart from my compass. And I used to do that because I thought, if I fall into something, at least I'll know where I'm going. I still fell into things and it hurt more because I was doing big steps, but I don't know why it made me do big steps but when it's dark, you always exaggerate your steps. So this is what you're doing right now. You're in complete darkness exaggerating your steps. You have no idea where you're going, and then you trip over a cattle grid. Now what should be an easy obstacle during the day is just really hurt you. Not only have you just tripped over it, so you've got your ankle twisted in it, your knees bashed, your face is bashed, and you're probably saying some words that you shouldn't really be saying, and you're really fed up. It Takes you about three minutes just to cross that obstacle because it's slippery, it's wet covered in mud, because Kai's been there. But anyway, you get up, you get to the other side. Crawl to the other side. You think, thank goodness that's done. So you think you're on the road, because you can feel the gravel under your hands. You stand up again, you think, actually, that really hurts. I think it twisted my ankle. I think I've done something to my hip, and my face really, really hurts. So you start to walk again. Again, you get your confidence up again, after a few more steps. Before you know it, you tripped, and you're in a ditch full of stinking, dirty water. You've got my full, your eyes full, ears full, you're soaking, you're fed up. What do you do? Do you give up? I think I probably would have given up by now. But you don't give up, you get up, you get really angry, get really frustrated, you reach up to grab something, you just grab the barbed wire, so now your hand's cut, it's now bleeding, and you're still in darkness. So not only are you bleeding, but you've been smashed, you've been literally barred. And you sit there and you just think, what's the point? What was the actual point of carrying on? Why, why should I carry on? Because if I carry on, I'm just gonna get more hurt. If I sit here, I'm wet, I'm cold, I'll probably get some pneumonia or something, but who cares? I'll give up. And that's sometimes where we find ourselves in life. So we have tears in our eyes now, we're fed up. Heart's going really fast, you think I just wanna go home. I just wanna lie in my bed, I just wanna go home. And then guess what, we're in Dartmoor, it starts to rain, really heavy rain. You think, my goodness, it could get any worse. So you got tears in your eyes, you're picking the dirt out of your face, your hands bloody, you've got cuts in your jeans, whatever else you're wearing, you're soaking, saturated. You think, right, I have to crawl out. So you crawl out of that ditch onto the road again. But when you look around this time, you see a light. You think, oh, I didn't see that before. So you start to walk towards the light. And when you're walking towards the light, it actually gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And because you see you're getting close to it, the darkness doesn't really matter. Who cares about the darkness? I'm heading towards the light. And you almost end up in a sprint, even though you've got a dodgy leg, and you've got a sore face, and you've got a sore hand, but you still start running towards the light, because that light is a point of reference. That light says you're going to find safety there. It says there's going to be a warm bed, possibly. It's going to be directions. There's going to be a phone call. There's going to be someone there that can help. But what happens if that light wasn't there? That person who was lost in darkness would still be in darkness. They couldn't find the light. But we're that city on the hill. We're that city who the people who are in darkness, who are around us, should be running towards saying, there's something in this person, in these people. You've got something. What have you got that I haven't got? You're battered, you're bruised, you're you're torn, but you've got joy within you. You've got happiness, there's peace within you, why? We're in the same circumstance, but there's something different about you. They should be asking that and running towards us. You know, once you have purpose and once you have direction, it takes the darkness away, doesn't it? Because even just a little flicker of light and darkness and darkness disappears. And that darkness cannot overcome the light. That light is Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's very quick to look over these stories. Sometimes it's very quick just to go, it's another story. It's another story. But if you actually place yourself as that person who's just been smashed, torn apart, hands ripped apart, completely lost, battered, and yeah, let's be honest if you didn't know where you are you probably would just sit down and give up especially if your phone wasn't working and that's how people are outside this building tonight lost darkness probably ready to give up if not someone in here probably is ready to give up thinking what's the point what is the actual point but like i said they ran towards that light but if we're not carrying that light as children of god as we should be he said we're a light you carry the light of the world. If we're not carrying that light and they can't see the light within us, where else are they going to find the light? Are we hoping that the pastor is going to have the light? Are we hoping that the, um, the ministry people or the, the singers are going to have the light? They're not in your workplace and they're not at your school. They're not where you are during the week. So the people around you, how are they going to see the light unless you carry it? You know, we talk about light so much. We talk really loads about light. But what is the light that Christ talks of? Before Christ was born, he was prophesied of so many times throughout scripture, all the way through back. But Isaiah spoke of him, saying, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a land of shadow of death, a light has dawned. That light is Jesus Christ, talking about Jesus Christ being born. In John 1, sorry, chapter one, verse five. Jesus is described as the light of the world that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Guess what? Nor will it ever overcome it. The Christ, Jesus Christ is there. He's sealed us with his Holy Spirit. The light of the world lives within us. We can't see it, but it's there, because Christ has said it's there. He referred to himself throughout his ministry as being the light of the world. And we, as his disciples, as I've said, are called to be his light bearers. He wants us to be that city on the hill where the lost run to and are saved, where they find salvation. The salvation is not through us, but we carry God with us. Wherever we are, we carry God. But I also see a consequence of this as well. He tells us that we have the light within us, but it's not to be hidden. He says, when you are light, You don't hide it under a bushel. You don't just put it behind anywhere else and hope it comes out later on. You don't get embarrassed by the light. When you're light, when you are the light of God, people's eyes will naturally be drawn to you for good reasons and for bad reasons. Sometimes there'll be a need for salvation, a need for healing, a need for help, a need for prayer. Other times it'll be through suspicion. How many times did the Pharisees look at Jesus? They came into his presence and they had the light of the world standing right in front of them. How many times do they just turn away from it and refuse it? So we shouldn't really take it lightly. Christ said, let your light shine. And as I said before, if you're not shining, who, who's going to do it for you? You're there in your schools, in your colleges, in your workplaces, in your homes, wherever you are. You're there for a reason. God has called you to be salt and light where you are. So how can we be salt and light? It's a good question, isn't it? How can we be salt and light? But there's only one way. There's only one example, isn't there? And that example is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, as I said, when he met people, he was carrying the salt of the gospel with him. When he met people, they, they were healed through the salt of the gospel, but there was also people who felt that pain. You ever heard the term of being like, it's nothing like rubbing the salt in the wound. It stinks, doesn't it? It really hurts. And that's obviously the Pharisees. The Pharisees just felt the hurt. They felt the pride getting smacked a bit. Jesus thought, who's this upstart? Who is he? But they didn't see the healing that was going on within their wounds. You had the blind see. You had the deaf ears opened. You had the lame walk. You had the de- I read the Bible. I was reading last night on Lazarus. Hi, How when Lazarus was raised from the dead did they think they should kill him? They've just seen a massive miracle. and Still, they couldn't see the light of the world for who he was. But then we're very good at pointing out their faults and not seeing our own faults. How many times has God, through us, done something miraculous? And how many times have we just forgot about it? We're not past at all. Or our prayer has been answered and we've not told someone else. Or how many times have we prayed and he's truly spoken to us, but we've not been obedient because it's not the answer we want. God challenges us. He's got a good way of finding that hole and putting his finger in it and making it twist and turn and making you wiggle out of it, but that's how he wants you. He wants you to face the challenges that you have to face. So Jesus Christ is our perfect example, continually rubbing salt in the wounds of those that he met. But to be his light, we need to reflect his light. We need to reflect the light that was, is within us, and the only way we can do that is to be holy, for he's holy. There's no other way. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to purge within us. If you think about a diver purging all the water out of his mask, you need to purge all that wickedness out of us. That's nothing that we can do. We just have to be receptive to God and allow him to do it. But it needs purging. And that's not an easy process, let's be honest. That's going to be a lifetime process. You're going to get over one hurdle, and you're going to find another hurdle. You're going to think you've been really good in some area, and you're going to fall in another area. It's just human nature, isn't it? But the fact is you're receptive and open to his leading and his prompting. Just allow him time to work within us and through us. So I'm asking you tonight, as we draw to a close, who are you? Who are you? We sang it, on your child of God. We need to know who we are. We need to claim it. We need to hold on to it and not listen to lies. You are the salt of the earth. You are the hit city on the hilltop. You are the light of the world. You carry this within us. As the child of God, this is what we carry. Don't listen to the voice in your head that says, no, you're not. Look at what you've done last week. No, you're not. It's a lie. Anything contrary to the word of God is a lie. So you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. So I pray tonight that you will see this and allow those around you to see him through you. And as we close... We're talking at the start about the mystery of God. I can't get my head around how, how God loves me. I understand how he loves you guys because you're better than me. But I don't get how he loves me. So I know how wicked I am and how wicked I can be. But his mercy and his grace and he's continually forgiven me for every stupid mistake that I stupidly make over and over and over and over and over again through his perfect love. That, to me, is mysterious. So I don't think any human would put up with that. Jesus Christ is the light of the world and he lives within us. He's given us his Holy Spirit to walk, to have authority over demons and everything else, this wickedness and this darkness. If you just look outside tonight, how many people do you know that are walking in darkness, spiritual darkness, not physical, spiritual darkness? How many people can you just come alongside and rub salt of the gospel into their wounds? How many people can you come alongside and point them to that, to that light? I just want to emphasize tonight, if you're here and you're not a child of God, if you're not in darkness, you're surrounded by light. You've got loads of reference points here. If you don't know Christ, I can't think of anything worse. I don't, I don't know how you've, you've come this far. So the main point of these Sunday evenings is to be able to, to come together to worship together, to hear our words, to glorify God, but also to pray as well. So I think reflectively it would be good to pray for one another, for each other, and possibly for a few things that you want to um, confess or speak about. And if you do, just come to the front or just raise your hand. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are. Someone will come towards you or, or someone will come alongside you. But as I said, if you don't know Christ, but you do want to know Christ, If you've heard this tonight and you think, I want that light, I'm fed up with this ditch. I'm fed up with these aches and these pains, this barrenness, this bruises. I'm fed up with it. I'm fed up with giving up. I just invite you to welcome Christ into your heart now. And it's simple. You don't have to say loads of words. You don't have to do many things. You just have to accept and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. You just have to accept that He's died for your sins and there's nothing else you can do apart from say, You're my Lord. Nothing else. So let's close our eyes. Father, we give to you tonight this whole, whole meeting, Lord. I pray, Lord, that there will be someone who have been touched, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. That someone within their heart, Lord, will fill that conviction power, Lord. But a conviction, Lord, that brings love, brings life, not condemnation. Lord, you are a God of light. You are a God who lights the way, Lord. Darkness has not overcome you, no world ever overcome you. So if you do want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just say this with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me. You are my Lord, you are my King. I pledge to you my life, and I give you my all. And if you are saved, and you fall many times like I do. I just pray for us all, Lord, that we can be your light bearers. We can carry the light into the darkness, that we're not scared of the light. Lord, you've given us, sorry, we're not scared of the darkness, because you, you've given us your light. Lord, nothing can overcome your light that you give us, Lord. But Lord, we can hide it. So I pray, Lord, you give us the courage this week not to hide these things, not to worry about what other people say, not to fear what other people may do if we show them the light of your gospel the light of your grace and your mercy. I pray, Lord, as we know people who can receive the gospel of salt, Lord, that we can bring healing to their wounds, bring life, but Lord, bring a thirst for you, an insatiable thirst for you, Lord, just to know you more, to love you more. So, Father, to you be glory through Christ, our Lord. And as we come into this time of just um, reflection, Lord, this time of prayer, Lord, I pray that people don't, Feel that they can't come to the front. Lord, by pray just for open, receptive hearts, that we may pray with your people, and give glory to you. Amen. So, if the band just play um, a few minutes, if you want to come to the front for prayer for anything, confession is <laughs> confession is good, really good for the soul. But as we close tonight, don't be scared. Don't hide your lights. Carry that salt of the gospel and be ready to bring healing and peace to those around you. If you do come to the front, we'll be here to pray for you. Amen.